0: If you're searching for more confidence, purpose, and peace in your life, then be sure to request your copy of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called Everything You Need. The good news is that God has already provided everything you need for growth. All you have to do is develop His gifts in your life. This book is yours when you make a donation to Turning Point. And when you give $75 or more, you'll receive the complete set. Visit davidjeremiah.ca for more information. Welcome to Turning Point. If you think perseverance means resigning yourself to a bad situation for the long term, you're in for a surprise. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah explains that perseverance actually has more to do with strength and victory than the often mistaken notions of weakness and defeat. If you're ready to grow in this key virtue, listen as David introduces today's message, Relentless Determination. What an important lesson this
1: is. As you look around today in so many circles, what you see are people just kind of letting life come to them with no purpose, no direction, and uh, just kind of floating along with the tide. And the Bible tells us that if we're to walk with the Lord, it will take personal discipline and it will take relentless determination. You will have to set your eyes on the goal and never let them be removed. And Paul did that, and Jesus did that, and we are called to do it, to know what God has called us to do, and with all of our heart to do it. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't look back with regrets. Be determined by the grace of God, and the Spirit of God will take control and give you the discipline, direction, and momentum that's a part of your life. Relentless determination today and tomorrow, and then next week we're going to talk about Christlike character— Radical Kindness, and Selfless Love, all a part of this series called Everything You Need. And it's from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. You can get the book, Everything You Need, which is a full-length major book that was released several years ago. It's available through davidjeremiah.org, along with the study guide. If you're interested in that, you can find more information when you go to the website, But the resource for the month is the book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules by Rob Morgan. That means this is the book you get when you send a gift to Turning Point during the month of February. Send your best gift and then just say, thank you for the ministry of Turning Point. Here's my investment in its future. I'd love to have the book on the Mediterranean Sea Rules, and it'll be in the mail to you before you know it. Do it today, friend, before you forget. Use a little relentless determination and do this now. Here's part one. Listen up. Back in 1983, the Australian Ultra Marathon was a foot race of 544 grueling miles from Sydney to Melbourne. And at this particular race, a very odd competitor showed up. Uh, everyone else was highly trained, commercially sponsored, professional. But this particular participant, a guy named Cliff Young, was a 61-year-old farmer. Unlike the others who were clad in professional running shoes and cool athletic wear with sponsored logos, Cliff wore a loose white shirt flopping over baggy overhauls. He had rubber goulashes over his boots and a white baseball cap hung over his head with sunscreens. Well, the officials thought it was a joke. They began to laugh, and they were being set up by this guy. But Cliff was dead serious, and he was ready to run. His name went down on the roster. Someone pinned a number on his faded overhauls. And uncertainty about Cliff continued as the runners lined up to start the race. Was this old man really going to compete against young, highly trained athletes with sculpted bodies? Some still thought it was a joke. Others... They weren't too sure what to make of it. They thought maybe he was just a little deranged or starting in the early stages of Alzheimer's, and they shouted insults, and some of them made fun. When the starting gun fired, the runners took off. The crowd laughed at the contrast between the young contestants who had these disciplined strides and Cliff's odd-gated shuffle. Well, five days later, 14 hours and four minutes later, no one was laughing. Cliff Young crossed the Melbourne finish line almost 10 hours ahead of the second place runner. The astounded press descended on him in mass. How did this aging farmer accomplish such a spectacular run? Two things emerged when they did the research. First, he was a shepherd who was too poor to own a horse, so he often herded entire flocks of sheep alone, running day and night. And secondly, he didn't realize that runners in the ultra marathons stopped at night to sleep. So he ran the entire distance without sleeping. <laughs> he had the attribute we're going to talk about. He had perseverance. <laughs> he just kept on going. And when his competitors eased their ordeal with rest, he just pushed through his exhaustion. His eyes were on the goal and nothing mattered. He ran all the way from the beginning to the end. That quality of perseverance is in short supply these days. Have you noticed? We give up so easy on stuff. Did you know that the average lifespan of a pastor going to an individual church in today's culture is less than two years? You know what happens is they go to a church, they run into their first little issue and they pack up their stuff, and the sermons they prepared for that church, they go and give them to the next church, and, and that's what happens. And, of course, it's impossible to build anything like that. It's impossible to make much of an impact if that's what you do. Well, the Apostle Peter has given us this list of qualities that we're supposed to develop in our lives. As you remember, in Second Peter, the Apostle says that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given us his power... He's given his provision, and all of this comes to us through the promises of God's Word, these great and exceedingly precious promises of the Bible. Then Peter tells us, once you have these wonderful blessings from God, these gifts that he gives you, it's your responsibility to develop them. You're to take the gifts that God gives you, don't sit on them, don't admire them, Take them and develop them in your life. And he gives us the list of the gifts. He says, add to your faith, virtue. And to your virtue, knowledge. And to your knowledge, self-control. And to your self-control, add perseverance. The word perseverance is a really interesting word. I'm going to tell you what it means. If you listen carefully, you will never forget it. It means to bear up under something. But the word itself is the key to its understanding. The word perseverance is per-severe. To per-severe. The word per means through, and the word severe, we know what that is. So to persevere is to go through something severe. To go through something all the way through it to the end. To (laughs) per-severe. To go through the severance And everybody knows that there are some things like that in every one of our lives. We all have stuff we have to go through. Isn't that right? You know, sometimes I don't pray, Lord, I'll be honest with you. Maybe my faith isn't enough. I don't pray, Lord, don't give me victory over it. Lord, just get me through it. (laughs) You know, just get me through it. And that's what perseverance is all about. Perseverance is what God uses in our lives to turn our ordeals into opportunities. It gives us the opportunity to finish what we begin, to outlast our pain and our sorrow, to strive until we accomplish things that are difficult, and to demonstrate God's grace in the difficult seasons of life, to go through the severe. Eugene Peterson wrote, Perseverance is not resignation, just putting up with things the way they are, staying in the same old rut year after year, or being a doormat for people to wipe their feet on. Perseverance is not a desperate hanging on, but a traveling from strength to strength. Perseverance is triumphant. Perseverance is alive. Perseverance isn't something, well, I just guess I'll get through it completely. Perseverance is getting through it with your hands up high in victory, all the way through to the edge. Amen? So let's begin talking about the force of persevering. People who learn to persevere are people that you have to reckon with. In a world where most people give up and give out, people who keep going accomplish more than they know. Back in Luke chapter 8, Jesus told a parable about four different kinds of soil. This soil had seeds sown into it by a sower Some of the seed, Jesus said, fell on good ground and it germinated. Jesus was actually, of course, speaking about our heart. Someone who embraced the gospel, somebody who heard the message, the seed of God's word fall on the heart. Notice the way he put it. He said, the good soil stands for those with noble and good hearts who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Perseverance has always been a part of God's plan for our lives. He wants to teach us not to be quitters, not to be people who walk away when things get tough. It's in the process of perseverance that we build our spiritual muscles. Just like in the gymnasium when you keep lifting when it starts to hurt and feel bad, it's the lifting beyond the point where it hurts that builds the muscles to be stronger so that you can get stronger and stronger in the process. So perseverance has the power to accomplish a remarkable thing in a person. Maybe you're in something right now that's really tough. You may wonder how in the world you're going to get through it. You look at the obstacles that are ahead of you and they're just overwhelming. And you sometimes pray in desperation. You say, Lord, I know you can do anything. I know there's nothing too hard for you. I know that you are the God of the impossible. But God, I don't see any way through this. I don't see any way to make it through this situation. And so when that happens, what we do, sometimes we just give up. We throw in the towel. We quit. I want to tell you a story about somebody you may have heard about. Byron Janice, a world-class concert pianist, played with the world's top orchestras, and he recorded many albums. From early childhood, he studied with top teachers. He practiced for many hours every day. Whenever he would play, audiences would just marvel at the grace and the nimbleness of his fingers as they flew across the keyboard, bringing to life the classical repertoire's most difficult pieces. At the peak of his career, Janice noticed a creeping stiffness in his fingers. After several tests, doctors gave him the devastating diagnosis. He had severe psoriatic arthritis in both his hands and his wrists. The prognosis was bleak. His fingers would become stiff as wood and he would become severely crippled. When the arthritis fused joints in nine of his fingers, it appeared his concert career was over. But Byron Janice was determined to challenge this. Without revealing his disease to the public, he spent long hours adapting his playing technique to his new reality. He relied on regular medication, acupuncture, ultrasound, even tried hypnosis to cope with the pain. His wife, Maria, who is the daughter of actor Gary Cooper... She learned and applied a therapeutic massage technique to restore flexibility to his joints. Now watch what happened. Janice continued playing the piano for 12 more years. The world learned of his condition when he revealed it in 1985 at the White House when he was doing a concert there. Despite several more surgeries on his hands, he continued to play the piano and became an active fundraiser for the Arthritis Foundation. He credits faith, hope, and perseverance for his success in overcoming his severe trial. As he put it, I have arthritis, but arthritis doesn't have me. <laughs> now, as you know, in this world, we've got a lot of challenges and sufferings. And let me see if you agree with me. They don't all go away when we become Christians. You know, somebody, I remember when I was sick 20 years ago, some people would come to me and they'd say, Dr. Jeremiah, how come you got cancer? Aren't you a pastor? Like, do we get a pass when we become pastors? I promise you'd be a lot more pastors than we have right now if that's true. No, no, Christians don't get a pass. Pastors don't get a pass. Troubles come. We don't know from where or when, and we have to deal with them as they come. The good news is that perseverance can transform our curses into blessings. Arthritis taught me to look inside myself, said Janice, for new sources of strength and creativity. It's given my life a new intensity. It made me a force to be reckoned with. Let me tell you some things that happen when you persevere. First of all, perseverance produces trust. It teaches you to believe. Probably the best illustration of this is in the Old Testament. We all know history's best-known sufferer. His name was Job. And for much of his life, Job was an exemplary godly man with extravagant wealth and a huge family. One day, this has to be the worst day anybody ever had in their life. One day everything changed. Satan targeted Job for an attack. And in a series of mind-numbing disasters, all in a single day, Satan destroyed his wealth, took away his servants, and killed all of his children. All in one day. Then the devil struck Job with a painful and disfiguring disease, and Job was reduced to groveling in the ashes. And the Bible says this. This is gross. Scraping his sores with a pottery shard. His friends came to analyze his problems, and they did more harm than good. But Job never gave up. He maintained his trust in God. He showed up at the end of the book on a whirlwind and restored Job to a place of unparalleled blessing. By the time Job got through 40 chapters of suffering in the book we call Job, by the time he came to the last chapter, Job 42, he was again in a place of blessing. And the Bible says that the Lord blessed the latter days of Job, more than he blessed the beginning days. In the New Testament, we're given a little commentary on Job. James 5.11 says this, As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about because the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Let's stop for a moment and meditate on this. God rewarded Job's perseverance and gave him twice of all that he had before. And the restoration of Job's wealth and family was the obvious blessing. But I believe there was another blessing that was even greater. Job learned that God, who is big enough to control all the facets of the universe, is able to direct the paths of his people. And Job confessed at the end of his story, He said, God, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. He learned to trust God even in the midst of a difficult time in his life. And the fact that God rewarded him for his perseverance was just a little more icing on the cake. Job learned to trust God. How do we learn to trust God? Can you learn to trust God in times of prosperity? I guess you can, but it's not easy because in times of prosperity you usually think it's because of you right i'm doing so good i'm so great look at all that i've done but when you go through times of difficulty and there's nobody left to blame it on and all of a sudden you realize that god is still with you and he's helped you you went through 40 chapters of difficulty but god shows up in chapter 42 you come out of that and you know that the god you serve is a God who is worthy of your trust. Perseverance will teach you that God is enough. Do you know what Job learned? Job said, I used to hear of you with the hearing of my ears, but now, God, in these suffering, I have seen you with the seeing of my eyes. I know that you're real. I know that you are real. So, perseverance is our willingness to wait on God to apply his grace to our frustrations And as we wait, we just move forward, and it's not easy to learn. But the relief of learning it is one of the greatest comforts. Perseverance produces trust. Got it? Number two, perseverance produces transformation. The second force that enters our lives through perseverance involves the transformation of our character. When we press forward, we learn so much along the way. In fact, the Bible teaches us both in Romans and in James that perseverance is the heart of maturity. Romans 5, 3, and 4 tells us to rejoice in our sufferings. Listen to this. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. In the book of James, we read these words. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The Bible teaches us in these two key passages that the way that you learn perseverance is through suffering and trial and difficulty. Perseverance is a synonym for patience. I've had people over the years come to me and say to me, Pastor, my wife says I need more patience. Would you pray for me that I could be a person of more patience? And I now have come to the place where I tell them that I will do it, but I warn them ahead of time. I say, let me tell you what, I'm going to pray for your patience but I already know what God's going to do, so let me just tell you, get ready. God says when you want to learn patience, there's only one way to learn it, and that's through tribulation. So you still want me to pray for patience? And you, are you sure of that? Because when I pray for patience, God's going to send you tribulation. Because tribulation's the only way you can learn patience. Isn't that true? I mean, when you have to live through something, when you have to go through something it doesn't have a ready answer, when you have to just hang in there, and Trust God when you can't even see what he's up to That's how you learn patience in other words Perseverance is the essence of maturity if you can't persevere you can't mature We face trials because God wants us to learn to trust him and press on with grit and grace and that's what it means to persevere Spiritual transformation doesn't just happen. It's forged through the fire Of difficulty so when we maintain our trust in God in spite of difficulty or disaster when we don't throw in the towel when it gets tough what we do when we do that produces a strength of conviction and Paul sums it up in Romans 5 as character and maturity so when you're going through stuff maybe you shouldn't always use the why question maybe you should ask the what question Lord, what are you trying to teach me during this time? What do I need to learn that I can't learn in any other time? Statistics have proven over the years that prosperity is not a good teacher. Prosperity is not a good teacher, but adversity is a good teacher. For every person who learns something through prosperity, there are a hundred more who learn something better through adversity. Adversity is God's, messenger to us to help us be better people. Learn to persevere, learn to keep going, don't quit. When it's tough, don't give up. Because if you do, you will live to regret it and it will make it much more difficult the next time you face trouble to stay the course. That's the force of persevering. So now let me talk to you for a moment about the formula of it. God knows we need trials to form character just like athletes need resistance to tone their muscles for the game. And in God's pursuit of us, he will not leave us in our comfort zone when our spiritual muscles will atrophy from the lack of use. He exposes us to things that strengthen our faith. He exposes us to things that humble our hearts. He exposes us to things that refine our character. That's why Paul urged Timothy to pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. So how do you pursue perseverance? How do you do that? How do we, from this point on, we know what perseverance is. It's staying the course when you want to quit. It's hanging in there when the going gets tough. It's not quitting when you feel like you want to give up. How do you teach yourself those lessons? How to become more of a person who has perseverance? We'll have more of that tomorrow, and some answers to those questions as well. This is Turning Point. I'm David Jeremiah. I've been doing this now for well over 40 years, coming into your home or your car or your place of business every day, Monday through Friday, with the Word of God in my hand and teaching it the best I know how to encourage you in your walk with Christ. During this month, when we bring the ministry of Turning Point to you, we ask you to help us by returning a gift to make it possible for us to continue to underwrite these programs on your station and to all of the production costs that go with it. And this month, when you send a gift to help with costs of radio time and production, we will send you a copy of the book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules by Rob Morgan, a beautiful hardcover gift book that reminds you that the same God who governs the weather is the God who governs you and governs the storms you go through. It's filled with wonderful principles, as you can well imagine, because it's from the fresh pen of Rob Morgan. Get your copy today. When you send your gift to Turning Point, simply ask for it and say, please send me the Mediterranean Sea Rules and it will be on its way.
0: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Everything You Need, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine turning points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. This helpful resource is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Everything You Need, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
1: Someone has said, speaking from experience no doubt, that we should keep our words soft and sweet because we never know when we might have to eat them. Sounds like good advice to me. But the Bible's advice about our speech touches a different area of the palate than soft and sweet. Paul wrote that our speech should be seasoned with salt. Echoing Jesus' words that His followers are the salt of the earth, Paul wrote in Colossians that our speech should be salty meaning flavorful, interesting, and attractive, even speech that preserves life instead of destroying it. That sounds like good advice to me as well. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's wisdom for speaking on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.